You are listening to the Christian Worship Center podcast. For more information about our church, please visit us at cwcstillwell.com. We hope you enjoy this message. So I want to share with you a word that the Lord gave me this week. I promised you Wednesday night that I was going to share it. And uh, this is straight from God. And uh, I've been asking him, Lord, give me a word for our church. Give me a word that we need to hear. I know there's words from prophets that are going around and going out, and that's good, that's well. But I want something for us. And this is the word the Lord gave me. The Lord says unto you, I am God, and there is none beside me. I am your God and your help. All that I have spoken, I will do it. All that I have purposed, I will perform. All that I have planned will come to pass, because I, the Lord, have spoken it. Do not fear the things that are falling apart around you, even those that are planning your demise, because I am about to unravel their plan. I'm about to expose their plan, and who is really in charge is about to be revealed. I am your salvation, and I am your protection. Lean on me, put your trust in me, because I will have the last word, and I will win. Uh, You shall behold my glory in a few days. Do not be discouraged, but trust me. I will not let you down. You will see many fall, but you will stand because you stand on my word. You are standing with me and not on false words of those around you. You shall have peace and you will not be shaken. You will have peace and you will not be shaken by any storm that surrounds you. Hear my word and you shall be saved. Many will come and say, teach us how we to stand so we won't be overwhelmed because they will see the power and the glory and my prosperity around your life because you have trusted me because I am your Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, worship him for a minute. Hallelujah, he's worthy this morning. He's worthy this morning. Hallelujah, I'm, I'm reminded when we hear what God is saying to us, I'm reminded that the Paul told Timothy, be careful and hold to the sure word of prophecy that you might be able to war against the enemy to save you from shipwreck. How many churches are shipwrecked this morning? Because they don't believe in prophecy. Mm. So guess what, church? We're going over. We're crossing over. There's no devil in hell can stop it. No enemy can come against you because they're going to have to find out who's in charge. Mm, hallelujah. We've been talking about the hidden warrior, and we're going back there in Judges chapter 6. But I want, I want to talk. We talked about last week the harvest, and I've been talking about that for a little bit because I wanted you to get you have a harvest. You may be hidden this morning. You may think that your harvest is about to be stolen from you. But guess what? God's saying, you fought for it. I'm going to fight for it now. Amen? 
Abraham fought for a sacrifice that he presented. If you, you'll, if you remember the story, Abraham fought till he couldn't fight no more. He passed out, and the fire of God came and consumed the sacrifice. He had fought off the buzzards or the ravens or whatever them blackbirds are, and he fought them off until he could fight no longer. And they were trying to get his sacrifice. And he had it all laid out on the altar. And he said, God, I want you to, I want you to hear me. I want you to hear what I... And God said, I'll put you out, boy, and I'm going to send the fire. And God laid him out beside the altar. He fell in a deep sleep, it says. And the fire of fiery furnace of God swept through that. So when old Abraham couldn't fight the buzzards no longer, the fire of God came down and fought off the rest of them. And said, oh, you just think you're getting a sacrifice. This is my stuff. So guess what? When the enemy looks like he's about to win, the fire of God's about to show up. Come on. I want you to understand that in February, it's a February of fury and the fire is about to fall. Amen? We're about to experience the fire so we can march in victory. Amen? All right. All right. That's not my message. So I want you to understand, you don't have to wait five years for a harvest. We're about to get it. I want want you to understand, you have to wait for three years for a harvest. How many believe that before this year is over, you're about to possess your harvest? If you've got kids that are unsaved, guess what? They're going to be sitting right beside you. If you've got grandkids that are acting up, guess what? They're going to be sitting right beside you. Because they don't want to miss what's about to happen in this place. Come on. Church is about to be fun. Come on. He said, I'll shut down your theaters because you won't need them anymore. Because I'm about to outdo them. My movie is a whole lot better than anything they're going to show in the theater. Come on, y'all. I'm going to shut down the sports because what I'm about to do is going to create a whole new level of championship in the earth. Come on, they ain't going to be worried about no championship game. They'll be worried about Jesus and what he's doing in the earth. Wow, that's good, isn't it? Amen. For you and your children and your children's children. Ooh, are about to receive a harvest. There's a harvest coming your way. Ooh, some, some of you need to make room for the harvest that's about to come your way. You might need to change seats. We need to make room because why do you think God has been pruning you? Why do you think people have been walking out of your life and people have been deleting you on Facebook and all kind of stuff? Because you know what? God's getting ready for you a new harvest that nobody is going to, people are going to start following you because they're seeing what God is doing in your life. They're seeing and hearing how God is moving. So people moved away from you, inside of you, and around you. He's making room for a harvest. It will be so great that your children will inherit your harvest. It will be so wonderful that there's a, oh, it's coming your way so fast. You should declare right now that every Midianite in your life is destroyed by the power of God. You know what I saw yesterday while I was sitting in my uh, in in the office and I was in prayer and I saw this this vision and I, I I just saw it just out of a clear blue. All of a sudden, I saw uh, a the, one side 
of a, a lion line that was drawn, and there was this side that they were pulling, and the other side, heaven, was on. And the angelic armies were pulling. And all of a sudden, they were, they were wrestling with the lion because this bunch was saying, it's ours. Then heaven was saying, no, it's ours. It belongs to us. This era belongs to us. And the devil and his crew was saying, no, it's ours. And there's a wrestle going on for time frame. Because the devil knows he's got seven years coming he can play. And he's wanting it to begin now. And God's saying, no, not so. It's ours. And so I saw that, and then I heard a heavenly voice. I don't know where it came from, but I heard a voice say, turn it loose. Let them have it. And when they turned it loose, every one of them flipped on their hind end, and they flipped over, and they were all laid out, spraddled on the ground, and he pulled the rope to his foot. Come on, somebody. God is about to do a turn loose, and the enemy is about to go sprawling. Hallelujah. Ooh, I lost it, didn't I? <laughs> Put it in my pocket where it can't go anywhere. Whew. That's why cordless mics don't work for active preachers. <sighs> you, you understand what I'm saying? And that just excited me because I said, Ooh, devil, you don't even have a clue what's coming. You're about to flip out. For real. The enemies, because they're fighting over a spot in time that God has already said, this time is mine. So when he lets go of his, and when he says, let go and turn it loose, one of them angels going to swipe it up when they've let go of it and going to sweep us back into glory. Come on, because it's time. God ain't caught by surprise just because you are. God is not shocked over what, and I've got to get to my message. So, so this morning, you, <laughs> whoo, every person in this church ought to look at the devil and say, don't mess with my harvest. Don't mess with my harvest. You better leave your hands off of it if you know what's good for you. Oh, because <laughs> he is never going to touch the harvest that God's about to send your way. Guess what? Some of y'all this year, this past year, has been going through doubt and depression about why God is not moving in my life. Why is he not whipping the China virus or whatever they call it? Coronavirus. Forgot the name of it for a minute. Why is he not whipping our depression? Why is he not taking over? Why is he not moving? Why is he not doing it? And we see all these dates that we've held on to. And we see the calendar flipping. And we're saying, God, are you watching? Are you looking? I want to tell you this morning that God has still got your harvest in his eyes. And he's not going to let no devil take away your harvest. Don't mess with it. Because 
So the devil will never touch it. Hell will never steal it. There is nothing that can take away what God's about to send your way. It's harvest season. It's coming even for the church. It is coming. There's a harvest coming to the church like never before. I'm telling you, the people are going to find, are going to flood. They're going to flood in here like they're coming to Christ. The cops are going to have to come and direct traffic because they're coming so fast. And they ain't ain't got nothing to do because you understand the glory of God is about to show up. In the house of God. He's about to do a work. He said, how do you know that? Because I know. Because I believe the Lord has spoken. There's been too many visions, too many dreams, too many interpret, too many things that God is saying. Let me tell you what's going to happen all over the nation. You're about to see Jesus bringing the atheists, the agnostics, the Muslims, the Buddhists, the Hindus. You're about to see the 49er fans, the Red Sox fans, the Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Oh, even them Kansas City Chiefs fans. Come running into the house of God. I had to throw that out there. You got a whole seat of them back there. (laughs) Woo! You know why? Because what God is doing is going to be better than what they're doing. What God is accomplishing is about to be greater than what they ever thought about. Come on, somebody. Whoa! It's gonna, you about to see Republicans and Democrats. Uh, and you about to see the gay and the straight and the black and the white. You're about to see more people come to Jesus than has ever had in the history of our society. Come on, somebody. Get ready. The hidden warrior is about to get his harvest. Woo! Now, number two. Boy, we've been on point number one for last three weeks. Aren't y'all glad to see number two? The hidden warrior has a cry. The hidden warrior has a cry. It says when the children of Israel, I believe that's in chapter 6, was burdened under the Midianites' oppression, that they cried unto the Lord. Come on, it's time like you, if you ain't never cried before, it's time you cry. It's time to cry. The hidden warrior has a cry. This is what they did. They got to the point where they were starving. They were losing their harvest. They had lost so many harvests that they were starving. They were hungry. We have had so many revivals in the past that have just been blank. Come on. How many knows in the last few years you can't get people, you can't pay people to come to revival? You can't even promise them a bicycle anymore. They just don't come. You know why? Because nothing's happening. It's the same old. We can see that every Sunday morning and every Sunday night. So revivals have just been a little bit more of the same. The Bible says that the Midianites were successful in destroying the crops, stealing the harvest, stripping them bare. Yet there was something the Midianites could not take away, and that was their ability to cry. Come on, there's one thing the enemy can't take away, and that's your ability to cry. 
He couldn't do it for Israelites when they were in Egypt, Egyptian bondage. He couldn't do it for the, for, the, for the Israelites when they were in the Midianites' bondage. He couldn't do it for Israelites when they were under the Holocaust. Come on, somebody. He couldn't stop the cry. You ever been in a place in your life, in your life when you've lost everything? It seemed like everything you, you put your hands to, it went missing. The minute you got it, it was gone. You understand what I'm saying? The last thing you had in your arsenal or your quiver was your ability to cry out to God. There are many of us have been in dirt desert places. We've been in broken places. We've been in, in, in places and the last thing that we had left was to cry out to God. Maybe you've seen, you've been in a desperate place, in a broken place. You might have been and the last thing you had is you wanted to cry. You you may have been in the most desperate of circumstances uh, when everyone else abandoned you. Uh, even when, when you abandon yourself. Uh, but you cry out to God and he rescued you. He did it. He did it. Uh, he turned you around. Uh, he places your feet on solid ground. Uh, is there anyone in this house that's got a testimony of when uh, this poor man cried? Uh, the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all uh, of his troubles. Come on, anybody got a testimony like that? Yeah, you got turned around. You know what it's like to be in a cave of depression. You know what it's like to be in a threshing floor, hid in a pit, trying to save enough wheat because the devil will get that if he can, just so you and your family can eat another day. Spiritually, I'm talking about. You know what it's like. No one is around you. You seem to be losing it all, and all you had had left is your cry. All you had left is ability to open your mouth and say, rescue me, God. Save me, God. How many of us here this morning, because of one day when you were in a broken and you were in a low place, you were in your deepest pit, you were in the place where it didn't seem like nothing was working. You was in a place where you had no hope. But God, you in your deepest pit, you began to cry out to God. Because you knew he had something that you needed. He had a circumstance that you was in a circumstance, you were in a problem. But your problem wasn't big enough, big as your cry. Because your cry went out and it said, the Lord heard me, hallelujah, out of a horrible pit. He brought me out, what David said. Amen? <laughs> the power to cry out unto the Lord, and he will respond. Your greatest weapon today is not your sword. It's not your shield. It's not your shoes. The greatest weapon is your cry. The greatest weapon is by all of your prayer. Come on, he said, Praying always in the Spirit. Come on, sometimes you just got to cry in the Spirit. Somebody, sometimes you just got to cry out. You can't. So right now, if you're facing circumstances, Jeremiah 33 and 3 said, I will cry unto the Lord. And those that cry unto the Lord, I'll hear them speedily. He that cries unto me, I will hear. Come on, he's about to hear us. Come on, how many think your God is dead? He can't hear. That's what the world is telling us. He don't live. He's not alive. Go to church. You'll get the coronavirus. Come on, that's what they're saying. 
people are scared to even darken the church door because they're afraid they're going to get that deadly virus. And all of a sudden, God's saying, if you'll cry to me, I'll hear you. I'll hear your prayer. Oh, if you can look up, you can get out. If you can look up, you can get, today is the day you got to cry out. To cry out is going to change your whole situation. Come on, I know it's embarrassing to cry, but we need some embarrassing services. We need to mess us up. We need to sometimes get ugly about it. Amen? You, you might want to come down here and hide your face in the altar. That's all right. Elijah did that. I mean, those he hid his face in the tali. And God was able to transport him to the Mount Transfiguration in that moment. And give him power that when he came back, he was able to walk up to Jordan and say, Where is a God of a lot? You think he just got that from a moment? No, I believe right then God transported him to the future. And said, look here, you're going to meet up with a guy that's used to part in Red Sea. Woo! Mm, Put him on the same mountain at the same place. Because you understand, Elijah was on Mount Horeb when he got this vision. Come on. Where was Moses when he said, show me your glory? On the same mountain. So you don't think there's coincidence there that all of a sudden God picks them both up and takes them to the future? All right. Y'all don't think like I do. I see that. Uh, This preacher is weird. I got a big imagination. So he picked you up. He turns you around. Right now, if you're facing difficulties, to cry out changes everything. And it's not religious hype. It's not emotional uh, problematic problems that we got here. It is not even what certain churches do. Crying out is a mandate from the Old Testament to the New Testament. When you cry out here, Hagar did it. Come on. She cried out for water. Her son cried out. And the Lord showed his mama a well in the middle of a place where there was a wilderness. Think God don't have the power to dig you a well? Amen? And he can set you a pot up there? Come on, he does. He has the power to do all of that. And yet we don't doubt him. This is the same God that walked the fiery furnace with the children of Israel, closed the lion's mouth for Daniel, and we think he doesn't have the power to change our little circumstance. What kind of God do you think you're reading? What kind of God do you think you have been saved by? Come on. It's not a mandate by the church, but it's a mandate from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Cry out. In fact, Jesus' promise is that he will always recognize the voice of his sheep. When they cry to him, when they whisper to him, when they worship him, he said, my sheep know my voice and I know them. I know who they are. So whatever you're going through, let's look at something. There's a woman. She gave birth to a child. Y'all put that video up. Listen to it. Is there... Hear the baby crying? This baby was born dead. Stillborn. 
And this woman, this is in Portugal, this woman, they handed the baby to her stillborn. And this woman, after the doctor examined her and the child, and, and prom- examined the child, only the doctor, not only the doctor, but the nurses and everyone that examined this baby, there's a story behind it. They affirmed the child is completely 100% dead. Placed this child on the mom's chest. The only problem here with the outcome being, de- being definite is a mom was a born-again Christian. And this is what she says. She was a follower of Christ who knew even in her darkest hour that she could always cry out. Oh, that is the child crying when you hear at the end. But I will tell you, What she is doing, the baby is dead. The doctors confirmed it. And they took the baby and put it on her breast. And she said, and they said, we're so sorry. We've done everything we can. But this born-again Christian, filled with the Holy Ghost, begins to shout out in Portuguese, saying, God, you gave me a promise that this child you said would change the world. This child would be a testimony of living Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, everywhere that video is shared, it's still a testimony to the world that a cry still wakes up the master. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Woo. Your cry this morning has awakened the master. It don't matter what you think. The child was dead. But this woman cries out. Don't underestimate. Don't undermine the power of your cry. Don't. You can cry out to God for your children, for your children's children. This woman said, you made me a promise, God. If you think I forgot it, that's a wrong thing for you to be thinking. Come, come on. Don't tell me God don't hear a cry. So, if you're willing to cry out for your marriage, for your children, for your family, for your church, for your nation, for your world. Guess what? There's hope. Because no matter how bad the situation, he can't take away your ability to cry. Woo! God will listen to the cry of his children. Is there anyone this morning that is willing to cry out unto God. I want to make a proclamation. Christian Worship Center will not be silent. We will no more take offense to a policy. Because we're going to cry about it. We may not cry to the government. We may not cry to on Facebook about it. But we're going to cry where it matters. Come, come on somebody. Come, oh. God might not have called you to be a, 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 a 
internet soldier. I don't know what he called you to be, but he may not have called you to be one of them. But he did call you to be a soldier of God, of Christ. And you can cry to God when everybody else is falling apart. You just fall apart in his presence. There was a Shunammite woman that said, you promised me a son. You promised me. She didn't cry to the guy that drove her horse or her buggy or her cart, whatever she was, chariot or whatever it was she's in. She didn't cry to him. She didn't even cry to her husband. She didn't even cry to nobody else. But when she got to the guy that promised her her victory, she said, how could you lie to me? How could you tell me this is going to happen and now I've lost it? How? I ain't going with that guy. He ain't got the power to blow the fuzz off of a peanut. I'm not going with him. I'm going to stay here till you come and you place yourself on my trouble. Come on, somebody. Come on, don't expect. Mm. There's an agenda that stands against your children and against your children's children. Y'all come back to the piano. Or you. It's hard for everybody to play it in it. You understand here this morning that this church can't be silent any longer. But we got to be willing to cry to the living God. We got to come every service. We got to go it all through the week. I don't want you to just be vocal on Sunday and Wednesday. Come on. How many knows that in the near future we're going to be having multiple services because we can't get everybody here for one service? Multiple services a week. I'm not talking about a day. Because it's just going to be too much. Because God is going to be just doing so much stuff that people are going to come from everywhere. Remember? They're going to be asking you, teach me. That's what the Lord said. Teach me how to be favorable. Teach me how to get what you got. I'm freaking out right now. I'm a mess. Teach me how you're so calm. Teach me how you're still receiving money and you don't even have to have a job for months. Teach me how to get there. Teach me. And you're going to be able to tell them it's all God. Lead them to the rock that is higher than you. Because he's been a shelter. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to stand all over this building this morning. I'm not done. I'm just going to quit. Because we got a cry this morning. That is about to reach the heavenlies. When the hidden warrior begins to cry. When the children of Israel begin to cry, it got God's attention. When the church across America and across Stillwell and across Adair County and across the borders into Arkansas and in that other part of Oklahoma and into Texas and into Missouri and all this region begins to cry. Everybody begins to cry. The same voice. God said, I will hear and I will show you great and mighty things which you have not seen. That's Jeremiah 33 and 3. I was trying to remember it a while ago. But guess what? It is God's power and God's grace to give to you the kingdom. How many and wants the kingdom this morning. How many is ready to see his kingdom come and his will be done? 
Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for your presence this morning. I thank you for your Holy Ghost. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for every person that is in this building. I pray, God, that if there's one under the sound of my voice that does not know you and is worried about what is about to happen in their life, that they would cry out to you because their cry will awaken you in their life and in their family. So if you're worried about your children this morning, worry no longer, just cry to God. Because your cry is all he needs to hear. If you want to come, these altars are open. If you want to stay where you are, I understand. But I want us to cry out this morning. As she sings this song one more time, I want you to cry out. Because your cry is about to awaken the master of the universe. Hallelujah. He's about to be awakened in your behalf. He's about to come to your aid. He's about to strengthen you. He's about to establish you. He's about to show you great and mighty things that you've never dreamed of. You didn't know could happen in your life. Hallelujah. Come on this morning. Come on, let's fill them up this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.